for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. want to welcome to the show Coach Michael Lynch, boys basketball coach at Leicester High School. Coach, I've wanted to have you on for a while now. I'm glad we finally were able to make it work. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, Tony. I, I um, Obviously, I've been following you for a while, and, and we've we've – chatted here and there over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've checked out a lot of your, um, you know, the video podcast coaches, uh, the coffee with coaches and your other, um, bigger podcasts. So, you know, I, I'm excited to be on. Yeah. Great to have you here. So I wanted to talk about something that would be a benefit to coaches this time of year. COVID of course has impacted all of our seasons to some degree. And, Hopefully sometime in the near future, coaches are going to have the opportunity to start their seasons, although even that's even up in the air right now. You know, every every season starts with some sort of, of tryout for potential players. You know, you and I were talking before this. For some schools, that looks like 60 kids trying out for 12 or 14 spots. Other schools, that's nine kids, and you're scrambling to talk three more kids in to coming out and trying out. So I know it's different for each program, but kind of beyond the tryouts topic is the topic of and the, the thought process that coaches have to go through of team building. And so that's kind of tryouts and team building is where we're going to spend most of our time today. Coach, let me just get to kind of to start out your general thoughts on team building, where it starts for you, factors to consider, and then maybe anything else that, that might benefit coaches. Yeah. So, uh, you know, team building, I, I don't know that I would, I'm going to be able to give you anything really unique, but I think from a varsity perspective, you know, I'm thinking about um, keeping as many players as I can find a role for, um, you know, for some players, that's going to be a starting role. It's going to be a, a bench player role. And then for other kids, it might be, um, you know, uh, a role for a younger player to step up and practice at a higher level with varsity kids. Um, you know, I, I do, you know, one of the biggest questions I would imagine most coaches have is, you know, what do you do with players who are older, juniors, seniors, let's say, who are not going to play a big role minutes wise? And, you know, I do think that that is something you you really have to consider. Um, you know, I've, I've been you know, very lucky in the sense that, you know, we've chosen a few times to, to keep seniors who were going to play smaller game time roles and who were just amazing with it. So, um, you know, I've had a little bit of, of luck with that, but I, I think that is something that you need to think of is, is what is everyone's role on this team? Are they a player that is going to contribute right now? Are they a player that's sort of prepping for the next year or they're a player that you are, you see as a key piece of your future that you're bringing up, uh, you know, to sort of get a better practice environment, you know, so I think you, every player I'm taking has to fit into one of those three buckets you know, right now, next year, or the future. And I think that that's a, the biggest thing I think that um, 
I'm using to choose players. And, you know, I won't talk too much about junior varsity, but we only have one junior varsity team. We have no freshman team or anything like that. So I sort of think the same kind of thing with the junior varsity team. You know, we've got to make sure that we keep a number of freshmen, let's just say, um, you know, we don't have like eighth grade attached to our high school. So most of the time it's freshmen. I want to keep a ton of the freshmen that potentially could grow this season. And then, you know, you could see them helping us out a year or two down the line. Um, So, you know, I don't put as much, um, you know, I would say I'm a little bit more open to team building at the JV level, but for the varsity level, it's those three now, next year or the future. So I think in a nutshell, that's, that's how I would explain that. How do you factor the players that you're ultimately going to take or even the kids that you're bringing back, deciding maybe to bring them back again for another year as into the system that you're running for your program? Yeah. Well, you know, like for us specifically, um, you know, we're not going to be, uh, we're a small school, you know, we're about 450 or so kids. So, you know, as far as like new, new people each season, we're not going to have a ton of turnover from one season to the next. Um, you know, the bulk of our team, uh, you know, that let, let's say, you know, the previous season, you know, we had eight kids coming back from the, from the previous year's team, you know, a few of the kids we knew would jump up from JV every now and a, now and again, we might get a kid who is new to the school, but you know, that's not something that happens a ton. So the, there isn't a lot of, um, let's say system type thought that goes into the team selection. Um, you know, I, I do kind of think, you know, that I don't want to get off topic here, but you know, that is sort of one of the what reasons I lean a little bit towards, you know, tweaking our systems to sort of fit our personnel a little bit more. And that's sort of off topic, but, um, you know, there isn't a ton of, um, debate that we're having, you know, the one debates we might have is, is if there are like disciplinary issues and, you know, we're talking about team building, you know, we've, we want to make sure that the experience is good for everybody. And if there are players who don't, you know, sort of fit the culture of our team, you know, then you have to make tough decisions. And and I, I will say I've been really lucky in, in the last, I would say, seven, eight years to not really have to deal with much of that at all. Um, so, you know, that is a, a, a good thing. But Yeah. So, I mean, even thinking about the, the tryouts and the beginning of a season and factoring in that team building piece of it. Do you have conversations with your assistants as far as like what you're looking for in a player or how does that work? Yeah. You know, um, you know, I was, we're just talking about this last weekend. Uh, You know, this, this past year worked with lead them up to do incorporate sort of team building uh, into the season. And that, you know, that certainly is something I think, you know, one of the, one of the real issues is, we don't have off season coaching. Okay. So I, I don't really see these guys. Let's say this year specific, right. I had 13 varsity kids, 10 of them play football. You know, they, they finish typically on a, on a, on Thanksgiving and then we see them on Monday. So there's not a ton of buildup time in, in terms of, you know, leadership building and team building until we get these guys right in front of us. And um, you know, we're talking preseason, we're talking two weeks, so a lot of the team building for us needs to be done in the season and then potentially, you know, in the summers. 
you know, summer league is a great chance for us to be able to see how they react, you know, no, I can't coach the team, but I can see how they react in games, how they react to pressure, you know, how they react to like physical play, things like that. And, um, you know, listen, certainly we want, we want kids to have a good experience from a basketball end and from a, from a, from a culture end, right? I mean, nobody enjoys it if the atmosphere is tense and uh, guys are not communicating appropriately. And, you know, we want to build the experience and the basketball part of it. And, you know, that can change, you know, that I, that has to be something, especially the JV level that you are keeping in mind, right? We want, we're going to keep kids who I know are going to, um, you know, who are going to fit the mold of what we want going forward. So, you know, to me, I get a lot of what ifs to that answer, but that that's where I would say. We've had Adam Bradley on before, and he's talked about the lead him up program. What what have you? It's something that that I've been a part of before and has done really benefited our players. What what have you felt like it's done for your program, and then also for you as a coach? Yeah, so um, we were sort of lucky this year. Uh, you know, our, our booster club was was good enough to sort of pay for the program and we actually brought a lead him up coach in so Asim uh, Rostogi who is out in uh, the Twitter world he actually moved up to Massachusetts this past year so we got really lucky in the sense I, I knew him previously and uh, he was able to uh, come meet with our guys you know basically did it like you know once a week at the beginning once every other week as we got into the heat of the schedule and uh, we'd sort of do like a classroom, you know, half an hour, 40 minute session. And, um, you know, one of the real benefit, one of the reasons I wanted to do the lead em up coach version was just to be able to like, you know, I've, I've, I've always found it difficult to sort of switch gears, you know, from, you know, I, I, you know, to the practice planning and the coach X's and O's mode, and then also to to be a team builder and to sort of like switch modes. I've always found that like difficult to do in season. And I thought this year we had a coach that was able to, to do that part for us. And, um, you know, I really thought it was beneficial. You know, we had a really great group um, of seniors and we had seven seniors this year, um, a group that was with us basically for all four years, uh, a really tight knit group. And uh, that was actually one of the questions that I had. We talked in the summer and I said, you know, be, be honest, you know, we have a really good group of kids. Like how necessary is this if I'm not worried about discipline issues? And, you know, I don't want to, you know, just to summarize sort of our, you know, conclusion to that. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's just as necessary. I mean, maybe the issues aren't large. They're small. Um you know, but we had some, uh, we, I thought we really benefited from it. I mean, I, our, some of our guys came out of their shell a little bit more than they would in the gym. And, um, you know, I think it was good for our younger players to see the older guys sort of come out of their comfort zone a little bit in some of the activities. And I think it's, it's also good to like get it out in the open. Like what are our expectations from a behavioral standpoint, from a emotional standpoint, from a, uh, a basketball standpoint, you know, sometimes it's hard to train and do that stuff like in the gym with me. And I, I really thought that that was a huge benefit was having someone in person who could take on this role. And, um, you know, and, and, and it gave us something that 
I was not going to be able to give, um, you know, in a gymnasium. So, you know, I don't, can we put a win loss record on that kind of stuff? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I really, I truly don't know, but I feel as though from like, um, as a teacher, as a parent, as a coach that, you know, we were able to give our guys something that hopefully maybe we'll teach a lesson down the road. So, you know, that, that's, that's, I do think even if you don't use lead them up, I know there's some other great people out in uh, the Twitter world who take on this task as well. And I think putting together a program like that, I think is something that coaches should most definitely look into. Yeah, I, I would totally agree from the standpoint of we talk about wanting to make an impact beyond basketball. And it's those things that we do, like you said, team building, getting kids to come out and become better communicators and, uh, you know, pulling back barriers maybe so that they can express hurts and things that are going on in their lives and just open up and talk about those things. And a program like Lead Em Up can, can really help with that. And, you know, applaud you for the fact being self-aware of uh, you're just not that that kind of person or you don't have the time to do it. I think that's something like that can almost be like an additional assistant coach. You have to think of it as in I'm, I'm basically – investing in another assistant coach to help in an area that either I don't have time for, or I'm just not as good at. And I totally agree. The benefits, you can't necessarily, they're not quantitative, but they obviously do make an impact. Right now, Huddle is offering real COVID-19 relief for entire athletic departments with the Return to Play program. The program includes subscriptions for every program as well as a free upgrade to have Huddle Assist and Huddle Focus, the smart camera that automatically records and uploads your games, and the ability for parents and fans to watch your live streams for free, all at your current subscription price. For basketball coaches, that means you get the smart camera for your gym, which automatically records your home games, with the flexibility to record any practices or drills you want with the push of a button. You also get Huddle Assist, that means full game breakdowns, including full team and player stats in less than 24 hours, so your stats are ready when you need them. Leverage interactive reports and advanced stats like shot charts or lineup data to coach smarter. Want to see how Huddle can help you dominate this season? Visit Huddle.com. That's Huddle.com to learn more. You know, kind of maybe switching gears a little bit to talk about now it's time to actually start the program and, and get the season going players that you're looking for. We've talked a little bit about that, but as far as the tryout goes, maybe things that you've seen or suggestions that you have or um, things that you've, you've seen other coaches do. Let me just start with like, what does a typical tryout look for your program? You know, from a varsity level, our preseason is two weeks. So tryouts, you know, we'll, we'll call the first three days tryouts, but the bottom line is this, we don't really have the ability to do disconnected tryout days um, because that two weeks is just so critical for putting your systems in place that, you know, things like um, just open play or, you know, sort of like isolated skill drills, you know, those are just generally things that are not going to be part of our tryouts. And, and I will say, you know, I've been, coaching at the high school level as a, a junior varsity and then a varsity coach for 16 years. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that at some point, that's what our tryouts looked like, right? Like we're, we're like isolated drills, some layup drills, some shooting drills, you know, some ball handling, and then there, you know, some scrimmaging, but like, look at, we just don't have time for that. 
And, you know, I think as the, you know, years have gone by, you know, doing things like, or, you know, teaching guys concepts through short-sighted games is, has now become a big part of my coaching methodology anyways. And, and that realistically is like what our, our, our days are going to look like. Um, you know, typically we start with, um, we do start with, you know, sort of some, some skill development type of stuff, but the skill development stuff are usually going to be like two man stuff, you know, uh, it, you know, it, uh, just I'm off the top of my head, like last year, we, we, you know, we were implementing some motion strongs type concepts, you know, so we worked a lot on like, you know, three man down screen and then actions to start, right. Let's get, let's get rid of all the like isolated ball handling, you know, layup drill type of things. Let's get into pieces of the offense. And then we, you know, typically got into like some small sided games. And then we get into a transition session where we're kind of teaching our, our transition reads off makes and misses, and then how to flow into our offense. Um, you know, and then typically we'll get into uh, from there some type of like, you know, five on five half court scenario. And then typically we're going to try to transition that into the defensive part. And again, we'll probably go go t- back towards like uh, some four on four defensive concepts. You know, we'll work our transition defense, you know, you know, this year, of course, you know, we're trying to implement a little bit more of tagging up concepts. So we'll work that into five on five play eventually. Um, but the bottom line is that the tryouts are not necessarily going to be, um, you know, like open play. Let's take some notes. Uh, you know, let's just, we just don't have time for that. Um, so, you know, I, I, th- I think that is, um, you know, that's how I would describe the varsity. Now, now look at, at the junior varsity level. I think, you know, one, one problem is I don't know the kids as well. You know, there are always going to be some new, new faces that I don't necessarily know uh, going into it. With varsity, there are almost no new faces from year to year, right? If I don't know the kids from a basketball standpoint, I know the kids from school. So, you know, that's, that's uh, one benefit. Junior varsity, there's a lot more unknowns. So, you know, We'll probably, you know, in most cases, we're going to probably implement a little bit more of the, the skill stuff. You know, we may, I may, you know, put these guys in to two on two or three on three concepts, but, you know, try to teach more of our basic skill concepts there. Uh, so I can get a better feel for how these guys, um, you know, where their skill levels are at. But I think one thing that's important is we, you got to see these guys in game play. Um, you know, I got to see these guys in, in, in three on three scenarios and you know, the types of skills that are really hard to test in isolated drills, things like passing, um, you know, things like, you know, reading defenses, um, you know, those types of things are hard to see in isolated scenarios. So I, I really have pushed our JV tryouts to, to look like as much like the varsity as possible. Um, so you know, that would be my, that's sort of like what our trials looked like. And that's also a byproduct of our situation. You know, perhaps if I had, if I had 30 kids trying out for varsity, maybe my trials would look different, you know, but that's just not the case. So, you know, ours are going to be very, they're going to look very similar to practice right from the very start. Yeah. And I would assume as well, that kind of, you talked about the positives with it. It almost kind of uh, negates the things that we also o- often frown upon from the standpoint of 
Most tryouts involve, like you said, stationary drills, which you don't see it in a game setting. But then you just go said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and play five on five. And then you play five on five and three of the kids on the court never even touch the basketball. So you have no idea really if they're any good by the end. It kind of exposes it kind of exposes people who can't play and kind of highlights people that can when you start implementing those small sided games. Am I right? Yeah, no, I would I'd agree 100 percent. Um, you know, obviously, when I'm, I'm just thinking about like the the younger grade, like the, my ninth, tenth graders. You know, I think teaching them some of our basic spacing concepts early in the in the tryout days is going to help better evaluate them. You know, towards the end when you do get to sort of like scrimmage moments, that's five on five and full court. So you know, that is sort of the way that I would choose to see the tryouts play out. Um, yeah, I, you know, and that's I sort of mixed in like my own coaching like evolution to that. You know, I, you know, I understand some coaches may be in very very different scenarios with the number of kids. I mean, there's a couple uh, teams in my league that are are you know almost triple the size of us, and you know for sure they're going to have much more difficult times choosing those lower level teams and even their varsity teams the end of their benches. So. You know, I'm sure they might have a different version of this, but for me, that that's, you know, that's what I think works best. You said you have the experience of years of, of doing this now, and whether it's tryouts or team building, what would you say, man, I wish I'd had known that when I started out? Um, you know, I, I think one of them we already talked about, which would be find better ways to come to combine your concepts. So you know, as opposed to, you know, as opposed to doing, you know, I, I can still, you know, picture myself as a young coach, you know, putting in uh, like one on O layup drills, and then we're going to do like sort of some uh, two on O shooting, then we'll do one on O ball handling and, you know, and then maybe eventually we'll get to sort of like some five on five, but just like combining the concepts, you know, and, and instead of doing that kind of stuff, like, why don't we get into, you know, two on two scenarios early in the practice and combine our offense with our skill development. Um, you know, that is definitely one concept. You know, uh, one thing I think over the last, let's like call it four years is, is placing a heavier value on transition. You know, I do think that, that, um, you know, the, I think, I, I think it's safe to say most coaches don't spend as much, you know, anywhere near as much time in transition as they spend in half court offense or for some guys, half court defense. Right. And I, I think that is something that I have tried to do more is, is get better about placing our guys in transition in practice. Like what are we looking for? You know, valuing, you know, the spacing and how we transition from one end to the other. And, you know, trying to put a better focus on how to, how to get into our offense without um, let's say me calling a play or them yelling, set it up and things like that. You know, maybe that's partly like my own sort of evolution as a coach and how I want X's and O's to work, but also from a practice standpoint, like just making sure that those phases aren't ignored and then making sure we're combining concepts Um you know, I feel like looking back at, at old practices, that's probably a place where like efficiency was lost in those two areas. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah. You know, those would probably be my two biggest things. Time is just so valuable. I think we've kind of addressed that before on this on this podcast. But you, you coaches complain about I haven't had time to be able to get to this or do this. But like you said, if you are really to do a self assessment, it's kind of on your shoulders. It, it's not an excuse that you can blame on time. It's more of I could have incorporated these three things into this one drill. And like you said, I think too many times phases of the game are completely ignored because of our excuse of time. But if we were better at combining the different systems and the things that we're trying to do, whether that's transition offense to offense or, you know, transition defense to defense, or just all four phases playing together, there are things that you can do to use your time more efficiently. So before I let you go, it's actually something connected to that. It's kind of why I wanted to talk about it is the things that you have learned and then also some of the things that you're trying to implement with your program, some of these things that you've addressed. Coaches may want to find out more, and that's kind of why I, another reason why we keep these quick in the A Quick Timeout podcast is so that people will go out and search for it if they're really interested in it on their own. And you have created some incredible resources with your website and then some of the extensions from that with your blog and your newsletter and then your your YouTube. Can you kind of point people to that and then also tell them what you're, what you're doing on those different platforms? Yeah. So, you know, I, d- I created uh, a website. Um, you know, originally I had created a website just for our team stuff. And um, the website addresses is just Coach Lynch basketball.com and you know i created it basically you know years ago just to to um as a way to like sort of you know celebrate what our guys were doing and you know i think over the years uh i had you know a couple years ago i had a a chance to write like a few articles for fast model sports which was you know a pretty cool opportunity And and i you know one of the things i really liked about it was the ability to um, you know, as you are writing the article, you're really kind of, you know, that at the time it was basically practice concepts for what we were doing on offense. And, you know, I think one of the things that forced me to do was to put together some film of stuff that we were doing in practice, in games, and show the transfer between the two. And I, it was a great way for me to iron out my own thought process on what we were doing in practice, how we were seeing the transfer in games. And, you know, I I really kind of thought to myself a couple of years ago, like, why not, you know, make this the, you know, make the website somewhere where you can house your thoughts over time. And so that's kind of what I've done over the last couple of years is, you know, one of the tabs in the website is, you know, I just kind of called it our coach's corner. And, And the coach's corner is, you know, I think I have like 40 something blog posts on there now. And, you know, most of the blog posts are going to contain, you know, video clips of our games. Uh, in some cases, just, you know, fast model diagrams. Um, you know, we got some practice footage, you know, not a ton of it, but, you know, a few you know, like practice clips and some of them. You know, and for the most part, you know, I would say 90% of the articles are, you know, are ways for me to kind of just explain things that we are doing. And, you know, internally, these are ways for me to kind of, you know, iron out my own th- you know, thought process. Um, and there's some really cool stuff on there. You know, this off season, we've had more, uh, you know, professional development as coaches than I think we we've had in the last decade combined between all these zoom clinics and, uh, all the opportunities we've had. So, you know, I, I think I, I watched in, in March and April, probably 20 something 
clinics that I was interested in. And I, I kept some notes on there. So, you know, there's some, so there's some non uh, my program stuff on there as well, but I, I you know, I've gotten great feedback and, and, and I mean, honestly, it, it's been an amazing way to make contacts. I can't tell you how many people uh, on Twitter I've talked to through email or through, you know, sort of Google meets or zoom casts and, and uh, have just, it's been a really great learning platform for me uh, as well. So, you know, uh, coach Lynch basketball is the website and there's a ton of stuff on there. You know, you mentioned my, the YouTube channel, you know, the YouTube channel, I, I, I wouldn't say is my uh, expertise, but it's, it's been a great way. You know, I always put our game films out there when the year's over, you know, I always thought as a player, man, I would love to go back and, and see our games and, you know, as the years go by. So I try to make sure I put those online. So our guys have that stuff available. And, um, you know, I used much of the game film in our, in some of the blog posts. So yeah, if you got a chance, check it out. I'm, I'm hopefully there'll be something in there that you could use, or um, you can email me at MF Lynch, L Y N C H 21 at yahoo.com. And, you know, I'd love to, to talk uh, deeper about any of the stuff that's in there. The things that I'm hearing from a lot of coaches is what I'm, I'm hearing from you and what I would encourage those that are listening to do, you know, starting a website or a blog or whatever people are thinking, uh, nobody's wanting to hear what I what I have to say. What I have found is that the coaches who put the work into doing that are the ones that actually benefit from it and their programs benefit from it because contrary to what we would think, most of us have our coaching philosophy rattling around somewhere in our head. But if we were to actually put that down on paper, I think some of us would say, why in the world do I think that that's something that we should do? Or that doesn't actually work in our program. Or wait a second, I should look into this a little bit more. And I think what you're saying is for you, it's allowed you to reevaluate your program and it's also benefited others in the process. And so I do appreciate you putting the work into it. It's been something that I've enjoyed looking at and reading and, and checking out. And a lot of the stuff, like we said, that you've talked about, you address on the site and our people are able to see exactly what you're talking about. And those, those individual posts are, are, I mean, they're gold, they're gold. So I appreciate you putting the time into doing that. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow Coach Lynch at Coach Lynch underscore 21. Coach, I appreciate you and all that you do for us. All right, Tony. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.